Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Durhaj. Hi, Barb. How are you today? Great, Roxanne. Thanks for having me here. This is going to be fun. Well, thank you for coming on. So Barb Stuhlemmer, um, she works a lot with business, but I'm going to read a bit of her bio and then we're going to kind of jump right into things. She's got, we've got some exciting things to discuss. She works strategically to support uh, small business owners and corporations under about $10 million. She uses a proprietary developmental process that guarantees growth for the owner wanting to make a bigger impact in the world. That sounds lovely. So it sounds like it's, it's you know, auto, automatically it sounds like it's about connection so that people can grow. Yeah. And, and, and the connection's not just themselves, but the connection that they have with everything and everyone around them. So that, you know, the world is really a, it may be an overstatement for some people, but their connection and how they show up in the world is really the big part. So Barb, you know, I always um, am interested in how, you know, I know you do a lot of things. I know you teach and um, you've been doing this kind of business for quite a while. So tell me kind of what, what got you, did you go to business school? Um, kind of what got you involved with wanting to help uh, uh, business owners grow their business and their vision? Yeah, crazy. It was a, a long, one of those long kind of meandering uh, growth processes, um, I was actually, I've been in technology for over 25 years and in medical device and software development. And um, when one of the companies, well, many of my companies that I've been in have been, uh, not that I own them, but in technology, they change, they get sold, they close, they move. And I'd just been through a lot of different jobs. So the, the last time I got downsized when a company uh, was closing down because they didn't change with, uh, when it, the internet came out with IP technology, um, I decided that I would start my own business. So I started a technical writing business for software development and um, uh, medical device manufacturing companies. And in the first six years of that company, I realized that uh, I uh, had other people doing the technical writing, even though I'm an expert at it, um, and I just kind of managed the business. And I spent six years and about $60,000 plus in development for myself, understanding how to run the business, and then realized... I've been in small business almost my entire life, uh, either as uh, you know a family member or as a friend who moved in and did um, employment. And all I wanted to do was help my clients grow their business, but I couldn't do that. Like I said, like, let me help you make money with your your technical writing, and it it didn't make a lot of sense for them. So they'd hire me for technical writing, which I didn't really love, but I was really good at. And the business component, which just I was like the being under being able to understand the strategy that it was needed to make money at things and to make it easier for people was so easy for me. And I just kind of made this transition about nine years ago now and uh, actually almost 10 years ago now. And, um, uh, and when I made this transition into becoming a business strategist, um, it's just been fun. I mean, 10 years, I mean, I've had the same struggles as everyone as we go through business, but 
I love what I do. So it became really easy because I get to connect. I get to, I have relationships with my clients. I have, I, I get to teach. I get to write. I get to speak. I get to do all the things that I love the best. And it all allows me to spend time with my family and friends, which is my ultimate goal in life. So kind of what it sounds like is like um, technical writing, right? Not the sexiest, I would think, but you kind of fell into kind of your own path in finding your way. It sounds like that's, yeah. it was like the, a natural process for you. And then yeah. you kind of, you would always help your people, even though you were te being te doing technical writing. And then you looked at both streams and said, which one do I feel like I'm playing at and which one do I feel like I'm working at? And it sounds like, you know, helping yeah. people and connection was something that uh, obviously came quite naturally to you because that's what you enjoyed. And then, you know, you yeah. went on to, to do that and create a business. What a, what a nice way to be able to make a living when you like it so much. It certainly makes working a lot easier when you love what you do. Yeah, sure, for sure. We all have to work. And I know with yeah. myself, it's, you know, you always make a lot of mistakes along the way as you're building. Uh, but the thing that becomes really, really important is to really have that vision. So you and I were chit-chatting just before we got online. And one of the things that you said is that a lot of people have said to you, and it's interesting, right? Um, I talk about being connected to yourself as a leader. And you said that the one thing that people asked you often is, yeah, I'm, I'm all good with the business end, but you know, I've got a lot going on with my personal life. Um, I'm just wondering if one affects the other. So I just want you to share kind of um, what, how do you approach something like that? Or how do you deal with that? You're the bit, you know, you're the business strategic or strategist, and now people are bringing in a lot of personal things. So, well, it's funny because, and I, I find myself often saying, of course, your personal life affects your business because you can't, they're not mutually exclusive. You can't have um, something uh, challenging going on in your in your personal life, not affect your business. And you can't have things challenging that in your stressful in your business life, not affecting your personal life. So when they talk about work life balance. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of a, a balance kind of implies that you get equal of both and that, that you, you, if you had a scale that they would sit um, equally. But really what it is, is it's, it's kind of an ebb and flow of the things that, that you're doing in your life and your business and they go back and forth. And if they get, if they get stuck in one way or the other, that's when it's painful. But if they're ebbing and flowing, you're, so you're working and you have a project and the project you know is going to take you three weeks and in those three weeks, you're going to be putting in 60-hour weeks or 70-hour weeks and after that, you have vacation going on and, and you're able to do this and you do it with ease and it works easily for you, that's, that's okay. But if you are like sometimes I, I, bump, I meet people who have been in business for 10, 15 years and they are working, they're still working you know, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. And they think that this is the norm. This is the way that it's supposed to be. And they can't figure out, I just, I can't work anymore. There's no way to grow my business. And um, I just, you know, I don't have any time for myself and my, you know, my, my husband and my kids or my family or my wife or whatever it is. And this whole connection to their, everything that happens outside their business is only connected through their business. And that is when um, I feel that balance is really out of whack with, with, with life. Yeah. So it's really kind of trying to figure that out relatively early. I says, you know, as an entrepreneur, I, I know when you can't, when you're starting, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. everything is overwhelming, right? Like, I mean, this new system and, and what's, what's, you know, social media stream should I be on and how many tweets should I be doing? And, you know, should I get on Instagram and should I be on IG? You know, it all starts 
Well, you know, it's, I, I often say it's like going against um, incoming traffic at the 401, right? Like, I mean, you're like, you're overwhelmed. And there, I mean, that's, there's a certain part of that. That's where you kind of start to say to people, okay, well, calm down. Like, what, you know, what, what, what do you want to do? You know, how do you, how do you make biz money? How do you want to make money from this? But a lot of it, be, you know, what I learned early, and you could probably speak so much more, became about systems, right? Just yeah. so there's beginning things that you need to put in place, which I was guilty like the rest of them before mm-hmm. I kind of got the re- right direction. So can you talk a little bit um, to kind of like what people kind of when they're starting a new business to when they're kind of like you said, 10, 15 years in and you're still working, 50, you know, 60 hours a week. Um, I'm thinking it's rare, but it, it happens. I mean, and it depends on the business too. And and the person, some people love that. I mean, that might be their balance, which is fine. But if you're complaining about it, it's not. Um, so there's a couple of things that you said there. One was you're talking about, you know, the overwhelm when you first start the business. And I, um, I, I always like it, liken this to raising my children and they come to me and they'll say, you should try this. I tried it. I can't do it. So you, you tried it once and you can't do it. I can't do it. And I said, what? You're not an expert. You've done it once and you're not an expert. I don't understand. I like truly, you should just be able to jump in and do this once and be an expert. And uh, so everything that you do in a business outside of your core competency, which most people who start a business, a small business come in with a core competency. I, I have this. So when I started my technical writing business, I was a technical writer. I have a background. I was connected to the industry. I had lots of people that could get me business. I, you know, I knew how the industry worked. I knew where the people, where my clients went. So I had a lot of understanding of how to connect with the people and how to do the work. But I didn't know all the other components that went on in the back of a business. I mean, that was the piece that I had to learn. And I wasn't good at it when I first started. I, you know, everything I stumbled, I did it wrong. I fixed it. I learned. And even if people tell you, I mean, I went through training to start the business. I went through training and I still stumbled and and fell as I went through it because you just, like you said, there's so many things that you're learning. You're trying to take it on. You're trying to learn when you're driving a car, you're trying to learn all the things. Some things are not natural to you. And until they become a habit, you get used to doing them. You can't do them without actually having to put full focus on something that will eventually be something easy for you. So you're distracted by all the small things that have to get done, the order that they have to be done in, how you can manage them and systems. So as a technical writer, clearly I'm very good at systems. I mean, to be able to describe how to do something like build a piece of technology that they're going to use in a hospital for a heart ablation, you want to be able to ensure that whatever you write down, someone does appropriately so that the machine doesn't end up killing someone. So, you know, systems are something that I'm really good at. And um, it's probably one of my key core competencies is, is systems. And people accuse me of being maybe a little over systematic. Um, But in my own business, like you said, it was difficult when you started a business to get the systems and have them in place. I'm the same. I can do systems for everybody else, but systems for myself, you know, I thought I was doing a pretty good job getting some um, procedures in place when I first started. But as the business started growing and changing, getting those systems and managing those systems and making sure that I had them in place when I, I hire people or I have people working for me or whatever that is, as a, it's an ongoing challenge in business. So you're just constantly looking at these things. So it's, it's fun and it's interesting and you are not an expert when you start something. Every time you take on something new, you have to learn it 
become an expert at it or hire an expert to do it and become an expert at managing great people. Barb, I have to pause for one sec, okay? So in case you wonder where we went, so I kind of had a technical difficulty and Barb is, is so gracious, she stayed with me, so bear with us. It's all on my end. I wish, you know, it was one of those Roxy moments. So, <laughs> so Barb, let's jump, let's jump right back in again to, you know, it's so interesting though, because like, you know, me, I'm kind of, you know, about three, four years in and I brought an expertise. Like you said, you said earlier, everybody brings their skill and there's everything else to learn. Right. And, um, you know, even though, like you said, you're so, um, you'd have to be methodical because of the kind of medical writing you were doing. You in turn mm -hmm. even had to learn the systems. Mm -hmm. So do you find that when people come in, they have a sense of what they think should be happening or are they kind of overwhelmed and they're just saying, okay, Barb, I give up. Help me, help me. <laughs> no, no, actually you uh, I think the first thing that you said is more true. People have a sense of what they have to do. Um, I think it's because we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what's missing. We, we just know that something's not working and we don't know what's missing. So I know, you know, um, a simple one, uh, family businesses oftentimes have a lot of challenges around trying to make things work. And one of the things that they are typically missing is an ability to have great communications. And that usually comes from having some very specific systems around how to have meetings. Now, in a standard corporate uh, where no one's related to each other, uh, in a standard corporation, I should say, where no one's related to each other, when you go into a meeting, there are systems that you would have in place that people expect. Like you would um, send an agenda ahead of time, ask people if they want to put anything on the agenda. But because in family businesses, and it's not that... Um, it's not for lack of understanding. It's just that they're always talking with each other. They're connected to potentially 24 hours a day. A lot of husband and wife businesses that I've worked with. And they forget that, you know, the conversations that they have to have in these special meetings have to come uh, with, you have to be ready for them. You have to be prepared to um, understand what it, what the point of view is of the other person or other people in the, in the meeting. Um, do your due diligence on any kind of information, particularly if you're bringing in new ideas. And so this, this simple idea of having to um, set up a, a meeting and host it a specific way where you can't just sit down like at dinner time and everybody just talks and you know no one hears each other you, you can't do that in a in a business so some of the simple things are some of the things that only an outsider can see for you oftentimes that would be fascinating right because i one of my specialties as a psychotherapist is families right so i often communication is so interesting right like that's one of the you know, things we really have to hammer down because you're right because you know oh well you know you could switch from emotional mode to running a family to now we're in business mode but they're flipping probably back and forth i would think all the time it's a huge challenge in in family businesses so that's a whole this is a whole conversation on its own family business and um you know the dynamics between two people 
um, are different when you add a third person. And if they're all related, then the dynamics between the three in family is different than the dynamics they have when they're working with each other and those three people when they have outsiders as a part of what's going on. And that's what happens in business. You're not just three people who are related to each other at family dinner. You're three people who are related, just happen to be related to each other, but you're in a business and you have to act inside the business. And people just, they don't. We're human. We can't help ourselves. We just, at points, we act human. And that's what happens. <laughs> so with your kind of strategic lens, you're kind of looking at where they're at, what they're trying to achieve. You're also trying to get, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you want that internal landscape to kind of match what the business is about. So my, my, with myself, I, you know, obviously started, uh, you know, training and, and uh, speaking business, but I'm a psychotherapist. Well, I've, <laughs> I speak all the time as a psychotherapist, but it's a completely new field to be able to step into I, i'm taking my expertise or did you know four years ago to be able to start something new but again you know the 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 the, the social media or the all the different pockets like how to set up systems to be able to work with an assistant. like i mean when i was in corporate i had someone that helped me they kind of knew what yeah. to do <laughs> but when you're hiring somebody how do you work with them how do you tell them what you need you know, how do you kind of, you know, get them to, to, to understand your vision, all those things. So I can see uh, how working with someone would help them kind of back away from the situation, look at it a little bit more objectively, and then be able to think about what, what steps is it that I need to take to be able to uh, be successful in business. Yeah, leadership. Um, a lot of many people who go into business for themselves have been in some kind of management or team lead or something like that inside someone else's business. But when all the chips are yours to um, earn or lose, uh, the leadership becomes very different. And um, sometimes people fall into the, you know, it's mine, do it my way. And then you don't end up with a team that actually wants to work with you and help you build a business. They're just there to collect their paycheck. And when it doesn't fit them anymore or suit them anymore, they, they're out the door. So there is some really interesting dynamics around building a team inside a small business, um, hiring the right people, figuring out how to, how to teach them one, particularly when you're a, the only person in your business. How do you teach people how to do what you do? And that, that's one of the biggest things around small business, particularly if you're under, you know, about five people. When you're under five people, you, you, you as the business owner still host um, or hold most of the, this, the hats inside your business and being able to let them go. And I, I can tell you probably more than 50% of the people that I work with at some point in time said, I just can't pass it on. I can do it better and faster than if I got someone else to do it. I might as well just do it. It's like, fine. You keep doing it. Don't expect to grow. Because as long as you're doing this, you cannot grow your business. It's like, oh, okay. You know, so that the kind of realizations is like, I can do this faster, but I can't grow my business as long as I continue. To well, do I remember this. hearing you speak about two years, two years, was it about two years ago? The first time we met was at Hub Inc. And yeah. said, I everything you do is, a, is, is a system. I'm like, are you kidding? She says like, I remember you talking about that. Pull out a piece of paper and think of something that you do and then write down every step and then you start mapping those things out because eventually you'll need to pass it on. I remember that yeah. from that talk two years oh, ago. Wow. And you, yeah. uh, I'm like, she's right. Yeah. You know, she is so very right because you're consistently like, I think of when I started to do my podcast, right? So you know, all what all the steps that I had to do before I could get to the point where I could, you know, 
you know, taping it is one part of it, but there's so many other parts. Yeah. So I would create, you know, it would be probably 20 things to do to be able to actually put out the podcast, but, you know, then passing it on to someone else, which I just recently did, um, you know, it became something that, okay, now I have to know exactly how to be able to say to this person, and it takes a while, but then it, now it's something that's, you know, now I don't get involved in it anymore. I tried to get involved with the other day and I messed up a couple of things. So now I just stay completely out. Right. Yes. Yeah. You, you want to keep your eye on it because you want, you want to continue to know that what is happening is, is working well in your business. So are people enjoying it? Are they doing a good job? Is the outcome still what, you know, still to the same level of um, desired outcome that you wanted but yeah, once you get someone who's good at it, give them the autonomy to, to make the process better, to um, ask you how they can change it. Like maybe they've got a great idea. So, you know, if we did this, I think you can make more money on it. It's like when you get people inside your business that say, I can help you make more money in your business, it's like, you're worth more money to me. You know, it's someone, when I was, um, I went through some training on how to purchase um, uh, real estate and uh, to be an investor. And one of the things that they said is, you know, if you borrow money, some people are really afraid to borrow money. If you borrow money, as long as the, what you're investing in makes you more money than you borrowed so that you can pay it back and make money on it so it's profitable, then it can, can be a great investment. Well, it's the same for your, your people that work for you. If you have someone who works really well for you and they're making you money, it doesn't matter if you pay them more than minimum wage or more than the average person is being paid. As long as you're making money from them or they're freeing you up so that you can make more money and you're making a lot more money, they're worth their weight in gold. So it, it becomes a real you know, uh, a dance on figuring out what, what's best for your business, what's best for you, what's best for your employee or your contractor. And I think that would be a big conversation because I think a lot of people like to hold on to things <laughs> because they think, you know, I, I know what this means to my business, but uh, you know, even me just recently working with uh, someone now, um, you know, you're so right because she'll say to me, why don't you consider this? Like, I like this, but have you thought about adding this? And I, I had not thought about it. I thought, oh, this is just the way, this is what I want to put out. And I thought about it. And this particular, you know, strategy we start to use about two months ago and it's made a difference. So, so it's interesting, right? Like you said, you know, someone that's, yeah, she's got, she's worked with people that train and speak like myself and, you know, she does work, do that kind of work. But it was just something very, very simple that once I let go of it and I started to look at it, I went, all right, this could be very valuable. And so I think you're right. Having someone to guide you along to say, consider this, consider that, to give you some ideas, right? Two minds are always, yeah. um, you know, better than one. Yeah, that's a great way to bounce some of your own ideas uh, off of another person and get some feedback for yourself as well. Sometimes we think we have the greatest ideas. Um, you were talking about being a great speaker and learn, but having to learn how to speak differently. Um, so technical writing for you know now over 25 years in technical writing uh, didn't make me necessarily a great writer in any other genre of writing. So I had to learn how to be a better writer to be able to do marketing writing. And so I spent money on how to learn how to be a marketing writing, went to the experts and whatnot. And then I had to learn how to, I wanted to write a book. So I went to an expert to learn how to write a book, which is very different again in the, the genre of books that I write. So I write um, nonfiction. So the nonfiction books are different writing than a fiction book. So if I wanted to write a fiction, I'd have to go and learn something right, about right, that right. too. And blogs, I write blogs and 
uh, articles and stuff like that, those are written very differently. And I used to work in medical, um, medical research and we had to write grants. So grant writing is very, very different than any of those. Right. So, you know, you may be an expert in something, but just because you're a writer, just because you're a speaker doesn't make you a cross the board great speaker. And so I think that that falls uh, for us. Um, it, it's the same in any component inside our business, just because we have an MBA and maybe you, you know, graduated top of your class doesn't mean, mean that you're going to be great at running a business because you especially when it's money on the line because you, you think very, very differently when it's your baby versus, you know, spending money on someone else's baby. It's, it's really, it's a, it's fun. And again, fun, interesting. And uh, <laughs> so the thing is to really to, to kind of create, look at the angle of, you know, if you're not the expert in, in this, you have skills, right? Like I, you know, obviously with, you know, strategy around health and wellness and mental health and resilience, that's my expertise. But there was every time there was something new, whether it was, you know, how do you, how do you kind of maximize on LinkedIn or um, to be able to, to create a keynote speech? Well, again, you know, it's one thing I've done training and, and speaking for a lot of years in, corp, in corporate, but it was at somebody else's content. So how do you then step into that or how do you, you know, what platform to use? So I think what I hear you saying is be a good student and recognize this is not my area of expertise. And if I need more information, where do I go to kind of get it? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, getting into business for yourself means that you you really have to be a lifelong learner. There, there's no opportunity at any point in owning your own business where you go, oh, finally, finally here, don't have to learn anything else. My business is just going to go like this for like the next 20 years because like two years down the road, one year, six, six months, six years, whatever, something's going to change. And with this, with our uh, society and the way technology, um, the accelerated technology changes that we have, um, it, it changes the way we interact with each other, our social um, skills, you know, the iGens that are now coming out, which is something new that I'm doing a lot of research on. And uh, they don't interact the same way. They have different expectations and, and yet people are afraid to hire them and yet they'd be really great people to have in your business, but not understanding that. So you have to learn. There's just, you don't have an opportunity not to. You don't have that ability not to. So what I'd like you to do is to, um, I know people probably are listening and they're wondering how they could reach out to you. I know you have a book and I would love for you to talk a little bit about the book and tell people where they can get the book. Because with, with all these pieces that are there, there's so much more we could talk about, but I know we have limited time today. Right. Cool. Well, the book is The Entrepreneur Awakening, Making the Move from uh, Employee to Business Owner. It has been out uh, for a while. You can get it on Amazon and Kindle, Kobo, and um, I think that's it. And so it's available online as an ebook, or on, um, or you can purchase the hardcover if you want. And um, yeah, so for your listeners, I, I don't have a link, but I will give you a link so it'll go up with the podcast. And uh, but I'll give you a link for the um, they can download a chapter of the book. So the chapter is the Think Big 
uh, chapter, which is kind of where people start when they're building a business. It's like, I've got this really great idea, but I really want people to think differently about thinking big. And this, this is part of my proprietary system that helps me help my clients. And I had a, a program that I ran for a couple of years called the CEO Elite. And 100% of the people that went through the program met or exceeded their goals over a two-year period. So it, the system works really well. I explained it a bit in the book, but the, bit, the Think Big process is the start of this. And so I'll, I'll give all your listeners the opportunity to, to think big. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time on a holiday Monday, which I really appreciate it. Um, so I, I'm sure everybody's gotten a lot out of this today. I know I've, I've again, um, like I said, I saw Barb two years ago and I, I learned even just about writing little things down that I do and, and starting to put it in a Google Doc because I could pass it on now to my assistant and I would start to do that. So again, um, anyone thinking of um, starting a business, what you really have to think about is um, what, what is your lane of expertise and um, what do you need to learn and really start to think about, you know, investing your time effectively with the right people to get you where you want to go. If you're beginning, it's overwhelming, absolutely. But we all do this because we have a passion for something. Uh, like Barb's passion was to help others. Mine is to make people healthy and well mentally so that they can lead better. So if you're needing more information on me, you can um, reach me at RoxanneDurhodge.com. So thank you again, Barb. And everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.